Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome back to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University, and I am in the archives in the conference room with Candice Riley, manager of Special Collections. Candice, how you doing? Doing great. Happy to be talking about love in the archives today. Yeah, so happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you too. (laughs) Great. So what do we have? So, well, since we often talk about macabre and morbid things, because... I love that stuff. <laughs> I thought we'll switch it up and talk about happiness and love in the archives. <laughs> Great. So um, what I have in front of us today is a very small collection of Valentine's Day cards. And um, as you can see here, they kind of span the different time periods here. Some of them look very vintage, um, like more mid 20th century. And some of them look like kind of like late 20th century. Right. Um, these are the collection by Joe and Ruth Love. Yes, oh, her last name was Love. <laughs> and um, we have them um, within our collection. They're actually um, taken care of by the General Commission of Archives and History of the uh, Methodist Church. Um, so they brought them out for me today. Um, and this couple was really big in theater. They loved kind of doing all that stuff. And the wife collected Valentine's Day cards. Um, she would make some projects with them sometimes and cut out the heart shapes. Okay. Um, but we have these, and this is part of a larger collection of Valentine's Day cards that we have within the archives. Great. So they look, some of them, like what you would see normally, like at a Hallmark stand. You have like the big hearts to grandmother and grandfather with love. Um, but one that I really like is this one um, of a soldier and a nurse and they look like children, like, or like dolls. Dolls, yeah. Um, and the soldier is holding a box of chocolates with a bullet hole in it. Oh, is and that what that is? I think oh my goodness! So. Okay, and he yeah. Says, Be careful. And then the inside, if you open the card a little bit, when you're really careful, because because it's paper, right. it's very delicate. It says most anything could bruise it, referring to his heart. Right. Um, and then on the other side of the card, it says a heart is such a tender thing. So. You're giving, like a soldier's giving his heart to the nurse and saying how she must be very careful with it. And on the reverse of it, you just have the name Billy. So this was then given to somebody named Billy. Do we know what year this might be from? I mean, it, it looks like it could be World War Two, but My maybe guess is even World before War II that. Or, yeah, I'm exactly. Not even sure from the font, it might even look like yeah, nineteen uh, teens or something. I'm not. I'm not really sure, but that. It's an awful lot of pressure to put on the young nurse. Very much. Yeah. I know. Um, but I think it's, I really love that kind of older style of Valentine's yeah. Day cards. And I think it's kind of actually coming back in vogue a little bit now. I've seen mm-hmm. Target even reproduce some things like this. Oh, okay. But this is a very um, typical style I think you would see in the mid 20th century, yeah. even earlier. Yeah. Kind of very cutesy, giving of the heart, giving of my love to somebody within their Valentine's Day cards. Um, you have that same little kind of cutesy look with one um, with a little heart with a duck um, with a, a pen uh, with a, a pen and mm-hmm. with he's going to be writing it and says don't duck the question Valentine again a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and it says to David Love from Susan Wright okay. so then this is within the Love family so then she probably maybe right. like her son received this Valentine's Day card and is collecting it. Um, so I think it's so sweet to kind of have a collection of Valentine's Day cards because you're, you're having these memories with people, like maybe just a simple, beautiful saying within it, 
or just kind of like to Billy, love Ruth, whatever you have here. But it's a nice little snapshot of history of kind of celebrating the day of Valentine's sure, Day. Sure, sure. And each of these, I think, was used, right? They all have at least a signature on them. So. Exactly, yeah. All of them are used. Some of them are probably like signed by kids. They spelled their name wrong and they erased <laughs> it and did it again. Um, and I think that's the best part because, yeah, you can collect new Valentines. But um, it's so beautiful to have them a whole letter on the back of some of them. Um, this one actually here is a Hallmark card. Um, with a dog on the cover wearing some nice construction gear, home fixing yeah. gear, with a very large ruler and hearts on his patches. Very cute, with a hammer. Um, and he says, Me measuring by inches, this card is pretty small. Um, but measured by the love it brings, it's not that way at all. Aww. And it's a larger ruler. Stick. It's it's sweet and cute. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But the back <laughs> of it has then a lovely letter um, to Larry um, from Mrs. Moeller's um, and a lovely little note talking about like their love and affection for one another. Yeah. And that's kind of the stuff that I love finding in the archives. You really can see people's interactions with one another. Yeah. Sharing these moments and these little gestures with, with folks from decades ago. And we have a couple other items within the collection that kind of focus on love that I'll just tell you about. Okay. Um, so we have, as I mentioned, this wonderful collection of Valentine's Day cards, and we'll post them on our social media page so you can see how Great. beautiful they are. Um, but we also have um, a little bit about St. Valentine. So in our 15th century volumes of the Acta Sanctorum, or the Lives of the Saints, we have a Latin description of St. Valentine, and like kind of that's where the holiday originates from. Okay. Very different, obviously, yeah. from the 15th century <laughs> ideal. Um, we have love letters and copies of Romeo and Juliet, so one of Shakespeare's greatest love stories. So sure. if you feel like coming to take a look at that book, we can pull it for you in the archives. Cool. Um, alumni love letters as well. So if you wanted to check out the University Archives collection, we do have a collection of love letters from previous Drew alum, which oh, is pretty so cool. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, we have sermons on love and loss, which makes sense because the Methodist archives will have a lot of sermons of the Methodist church. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense here. And we have a large comic book collection, which I think we've talked about before. We have about 6,000 comic books now. Yeah. And part of that we have um, are the comics of like Veronica, Archie, and Betty. So like the Betty, okay. uh, the Archie sure. comics. Yeah. So that's a love triangle that is one for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And uh, you can definitely see that here within the collection. Um, and I think that's another really fun part about love that is kind of more weird, so I'm going to have to bring in the weird, <laughs> um, is the Victorian hair jewelry. And I can't remember if we talked about that before. I don't think so, but I think we should devote a whole episode. We should, but I'll just give you a little a yeah, sneak of definitely. that. Um, with Victorian hair jewelry, and I usually tell students, I say that word, Victorian hair jewelry, and they think it's like you're putting a barrette in your hair right. or something like that. I wish it was that simple. <laughs> um, Victorian hair jewelry is when there are actually pieces of hair that are then woven into some jewelry that then you would actually wear. Mm -hmm. So it's hair that is turned into jewelry. And it was actually an extremely popular thing in the Victorian period that there were shops dedicated into making hair jewelry. Okay. And people then would bring their locks to that place and they would weave them beautifully. So think about like weavers and embroiderers would then take hair and make sure. art. Um, and it's so fine that I'm extremely impressed with people who can make hair jewelry because 
I can't even keep thread correctly. Yeah, it's got to be really difficult to work with. Like the breakage, I mean, what if it's the hair is too fine? Like the thickness of the hair will vary. Also, the colors are very fascinating too. I read some articles where people complained to the location saying that I think they switched the hair because this does not look like the hair that I gave them. A little bit of unethical jewelry making. Yeah, but the reason I bring up the hair jewelry is because it's often... I think a symbol of love and affection Mm -hmm. because when people are making the jewelry for somebody, they're not usually making it out of their own hair. They're then having the hair of someone they loved or someone who's passed away. So you can simply have a lock of someone's hair in a locket that you keep around your neck. Um, But a lot of these times people would have the hairs woven into something such as cufflinks, which we have in the archives. Um, We have... um, a pendant you can wear, a watch fob, and it's not the fob of the watch, it's the chain. And you would not believe it that it's hair. It <laughs> is very thick. It's a very a beautifully woven braid. Um, and it's very scratchy because, yeah. <laughs> because it's hair. Um, but the real loving story about hair jewelry that I know of within our collection is from the Summerfields. So the Summerfields, um, was he was a Methodist preacher, and he was... In the 18th century, this up-and-coming preacher that everyone was in love with. And he unfortunately passed away at a very young age. I think he was about in his late 20s. And it shocked the family. It shocked his sister, his mother, his father. Um, And they kept a lock of his hair, and they kept it then with them. And the father unfortunately passed away soon after Summerfield. So the mother and sister had these locks of the hair kind of woven together. And we have them within our collection. So kind of you're remembering the love of your family member, which you then have with you. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, I think we've we're all familiar with this sort of keep a lock of hair of someone you love as as a memento. But I had no idea that this whole tradition and industry existed around that that sort of idea. I I did not know either. Like I kind of learned about Victorian hair jewelry when I started getting into the antiquarian book world. Then here, Mm -hmm. I once saw an entire wreath woven out of hair, which that's a lot of hair. Um, And it was beautifully framed and everything. But to see just these little locks are so beautiful and so intricately woven. And that then I'm seeing um, in our periodicals, like Harper's Bazaar or Goody's Ladies book adverts for then hair jewelry. And you're seeing the connection here of like, okay, they must have like, they could have gone to a shop like this, brought the hair of a deceased loved one. And then been like, I want it to be in a ring that I'm wearing. So I'm always carrying them with them. Um, which is so interesting because then you're like visually seeing the hair. It's not that like it's put in a locket like around your neck. Yeah. yeah. So it's a different way of interacting kind of with the hair of someone that's passed. That is so interesting. And you wonder how that sort of fell out of fashion. I I, I have some theories that I won't, I won't bore (laughs) anyone with, but uh, you know, having to do with germs and the the whole gospel of cleanliness, but we can get into that. We should. In another episode. Yeah, yeah, certainly. We should do a whole episode on this. I, th- I think that, that that will be on the menu. I think it should. <laughs> but that's just a little bit about love in the archive. So you have um, Valentine's Day cards, yep. saints legends, sermons, love letters, and hair. And hair. And alumni, alumni love letters, too. That's, that's, that's a great a great part of the collection. So hopefully listeners uh, out there, uh, if you're feeling uh, like you want to get in the spirit of the season... You can come on down and take a look at some of this uh, this diverse collection of, of material, uh, all related to love, uh, which yeah. are here at the archives. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Candace. Sure, anytime. 
That's our show. To take a look at some of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10, head on over to the Special Collections and University Archives website at drew.edu forward slash library forward slash S-C-U-A. You can also check out images of some of the materials at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. That's D-U-P-A-R-C-H-I-V-E dot org. There's a lot of great stuff there, and the collection is growing every week, so I hope you check it out. That's it for now. And remember, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you like the show, give us a follow. If you love us, share us with a friend, or consider leaving us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think. So for myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candice Riley, Manager of Special Collections, we will see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.